Whatever you do, do not think of a purple elephant. Now you've got a purple elephant in your mind, I want you to think of a card. Now there's a high chance that most of you have just chosen the Queen of Hearts or Ace of Spades. I will explain why in a minute. Now to start this podcast, you opened up your phone, probably like a minute or so ago. So can you tell me without looking at your phone and without looking at your watch, what the time is? If you can't, I'll explain why. And one more thing, you look at your home screen on your phone day in, day out. Can you tell me what the icon is in the bottom left-hand corner? Go and check it, see if you're right. Welcome to episode 13 of Magic Talks. Here we go. Welcome to Magic Talks, hosted by Magic Man London. Magic Talks, Magic Man London. So welcome to episode 13 of Magic Talks. Can you believe this podcast has been going just over three months? It's gone so quickly. Now the first thing I want to cover, and I didn't realise how many people didn't realise this. You know we've all got a long-term and short-term memory. Does anyone know, I'm going to tell you the answer in a minute, does anyone know the difference between a long-term and short-term memory and how we can improve it? So the given perception is a short-term memory is something that happened recently, like within the last few hours, last few days, maybe a week. Long-term memory is something that happened weeks, months, years ago. Hate to disappoint you, and there's been big studies on it, psychologists have looked into it. So, for something to go into your short-term memory, it takes between 15 and 30 seconds. Anything over 30 seconds goes into your long-term memory. So, have you ever been at a party and you've been introduced to somebody, and it's like, David, this is Stephanie. And it's like, hi, nice to meet you. And then you're wandering around the event, and you see the girl or you see the person and you go, can't remember her name. How can I remember her name? Well, that's a short-term memory. You were told the name and then you forgot about it because there was no need to really remember it. So here's a top tip from remembering people's names. I use a system where I get given a name and I make a little story up about it. It works for me. I'll try and find the link and tell you about it in future episodes. Here we go. That was me getting my memory back. (laughs) Sorry about that. This is what I like about the podcast. So the best way of remembering somebody's name or location that you need to remember. So you go up to someone and say, Hi David, this is Stephanie. It's like, Hi Stephanie, lovely to meet you. Now you've heard Stephanie twice. You might have to repeat it a third time. But it's gone over that 30 second period. So now that's in your long term memory. So if you need to remember someone's name, a place, repeat it two or three times. Um, One of the best ways of doing it is getting introduced to somebody. There you go, this is Stephanie. It's like, hi Stephanie, lovely to meet you. And as you walk away, you can either do it out, like under your breath or in your head, just go, Stephanie. And it's like, cool, done, tick. Uh, something else I want to cover are adverts on TV, like how adverts work. We're so used to seeing them up on big billboards and newspapers, 
but how often have you been watching a film or something on TV and you're watching it, the adverts come on and you fast forward through the ads? Don't do that and I'll tell you why. If you sat down and watched those adverts at normal speed, you might remember them for maybe a minute or two, but you wouldn't necessarily get the name of the company, what they do. I mean, how many times have you seen an advert and gone, that's a really good advert? So what was it advertising? Not a clue. There was a reason for that. Your brain's kind of gone, oh, it's on too long, forget it. If you fast forward and all you're seeing is Skoda, McDonald's, whatever, the brain's remembering those tiny little bits of information. So I might need that, we'll store it at the back of the head. I mean, how often is you in a conversation with someone and they've mentioned something and you've gone, oh, I remember that and it was this long ago or whatever. The amount of information we store in our brains without knowing it is amazing. Um, I met up with a friend today for lunch and we were talking, she's an opera singer, go and check her out, Marika Rauscher. Um, I'll tell you how to spell that if I remember it. Hang on, let me make it, I won't make a note. Um, I'll try and get her on a podcast at some point. I'm just waiting for a few bits. And it's like, we come up with great comedy lines, one-liners, when we're at events that we've used year upon year when time's right. So someone will say something, like to try and fool us or knock us off guard, and we'll have the answer for it. We can't remember them. Yes, some of them are written in notebooks, but a lot of them are stored at the back of the head, and when we need them, the brain just delivers it, um, which, I, which I still find fascinating. Now, I noticed, well, when I record this on Thursdays, this Thursday is Suicide Awareness Day. And I was looking up like, the certain people that I know that are going through a bit of a rough time at the moment, including comedians who are giving like stories of stuff that's happened to them over the years. And I found this fact and I want you to try it, wherever you are. So if you're having a bit of a down day, you're not feeling yourself, whatever, smile. Like put on the biggest smile you can. Forget everyone around you. Just smile, like make your smile as big as it can. Uh, you can fool the brain easily. A smile, see I'm doing it now and oh, even though I love recording the podcast and everything, you feel better, your posture gets better. Um, so yeah, try that. If ever you're feeling down, just whack a big smile on. Don't care what anyone else is doing. I guarantee, pretty much, you will feel better. Um, which got us on to a slightly different aspect of psychology, which is fear. Now, when we're born, we are born with no fears whatsoever. We're not born with a fear of spiders, heights, anything like that. There's going to be something that's happened to us, whether when we're a child or during our adult life, that we don't remember, or maybe you do, and you get a fear of it. Remember the saying, like, when you fall off your bike, get back on it. It's the, it's the best thing you can do. The second you go, oh, I'm not getting back on it. Well, it's a fear. You're fearful of falling off again. But that's how we learn. Who remembers learning how to ride a bike? Your grandma or your mum's pushing you on the bike and you're pedalling and pedalling. And then at some point you look round and they're, they're behind you. You're pedalling by yourself. Most of the time you fall off. It's like, oh, what do I do? You get back on it and you can cycle again. 
And if you think everything you've got to do to cycle, it's amazing that we can do it. Um, I remember talking to a psychologist years ago and her husband had a fear of spiders. I said, right, how, how old was your kid? And the kid, I think, was about six. No fear of spiders. And this is what she does. When the husband um, sees a spider, he gets up, walks out of the room. If he goes, oh my God, there's a spider, kill it, kill it. The kid's in the seat and go, oh, spiders are bad things. And it's like, I can't wait till I have kids in the future and everything like that. And this is going to sound really evil to start with. But trust me, I've seen it work and it's, it's priceless. When a baby falls over for the first time, it does two things. Number one, it looks at the parents. Right, where are they? Okay, we can see them. If the parents go, oh my God, are you okay? Get, what happened? They feel that fear. It's just like, this is, this is a bad thing, that the whole attitude has changed. Whereas if that baby falls over and you're going, go on, up you get, what happened? And you're all, like, you smile, you kind of, you don't treat it as a bad thing. It won't treat it as a bad thing. So, if you've got a fear, step outside your comfort zone. If you've got a fear of spiders, for example, I was speaking to a friend of mine this morning, and I mentioned, um tarantulas or something like that and she went oh no and, and you could hear by her voice and everything you could almost see the body like tense up it's like no i hate spiders why even if you take a tarantula if you look at the side of the average human what does the spider think of us like seriously you see a spider on the floor we can put a we can stamp on it for god's sake if necessary but then then no harm they're actually if you see a spider's web they're actually quite beautiful if you look at what they're doing. Um, I think that's everything with that little thing. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna do a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back. So at the beginning of the podcast, I asked you to think of a playing card, get one in your mind. And I went, there's a high chance you chose the Queen of Hearts and ace of spades. What happens if I told you when I ask you to think of a card, most people choose only one of four cards out of a deck of 52? And this is uh, this is why I've been doing a bit of research on it. I won't go into it much, but I'll give you the basics. And I did a bit on social media, but I only put them up for like an hour or two at a time because I didn't want to leave it up there for too long. And it was an interesting result. And it depends on the exact wording, the way I say it. For example, if I ask you to name a card, over half of the people um, that I asked chose four cards. The Ace of Spades, the Queen of uh, Hearts, the Ace of Hearts, or the King of Hearts. Why hearts? Why are hearts so popular rather than diamonds or clubs or anything like that? Which brings me on to a slightly different subject and... I remember reading about this years ago and it fascinated me. The reason we're drawn towards the red cards, it's kind of, it's a happier card, it's kind of, it's more vibrant, it's easier to imagine. Some of the cards that people don't choose are like the six clubs, the four clubs, the middle of the road type ones. 
Um, and no one really likes going for the low end numbers because it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't seem as good for some reason. I can't remember the last time I've asked somebody to like, name a card and it's been a low value. It's always been six or above. I might do a bit more digging on it. Um, yeah, I'll write that down in a little notepad. So, uh, why do we go for red? Well, the first colour that we ever see as a child when our eyes adjust to seeing colours for the first time is red. Which is why everything dangerous, like no entry, danger, red traffic lights, are that colour. It's the first colour we recognise as human beings. Besides, if you think about everything you know that's red, obviously apart from stuff around the house, like out and about, it stands out. Which is why when you see a police car or anything like that has stopped, or hazard lights, hazard lights are orange, but it's close enough. Um, they've got those red lights on, so you can see them from a distance. There isn't reason these blue, but it's, it's not relevant to this. Um, if you want more information on it, Google why we choose certain cards. Um, let's cross that off the list, cross that off the list. Now, here's an into one. People have probably heard the quote, fake it till you make it. And they, they, the amount of times people hear it and they go, yeah, but what, what does that actually mean? So for most of you, you know that I write in a journal every morning and evening uh, and I meditate as well. There's a great app I'm using at the moment called... Oh my God, what's it called? Hang on. Open up the iPad, have a quick look. Headspace, well worth checking out. Um, but I digress. <laughs> it's not like me. Um, and I found this article on the internet, and it's nice and short, but it's... This, this is what it says. Fake it till you make it is repeated so frequently, you may have forgotten that it's an actual psychological trick worth employing in your everyday life. Research has shown that when we think talk and act like the person we want to be our brains begin to believe in short we won't have to fake it much longer so when i write in my journal first of all i only write good thoughts and positive thoughts so a lot of them are like what i want to do today so i wanted to meet a friend for lunch i want to record the podcast and one other thing i'll tell you what let me see if i can find it and I'll tell you what I wrote. Uh, oh, and go for a run. Um, go for a run. We'll come back to that because it's something I want to talk about. And then I write certain stuff down, kind of, this is what I want to do. I haven't accomplished it yet, but if I write down that I've done it, if I keep on seeing it again and again and again, it's amazing how it seems to almost manifest itself. So if you haven't looked into manifestation and oh my god my brain's all over the place tonight I think I'm trying to I've got I've seen how much I've got to get through so we might cut a few segments um get out within that miss that one out not that fake it till you make it thing um but yeah I've forgotten where I am I'm not gonna rewind. But it's so easy to fool our brains and this is where we get on to the fun stuff. Have you ever wondered when you go to nice restaurants why 
right? The bowls and everything. You're either serving bowls or small plates. There is a psychological reason for this. When we get full, it takes our brains a few moments to kind of go, oh, we're full now. So here's a challenge for you next time you eat. Put what you normally have, rather than putting it on a big plate, put it on like a bowl or something like that, and it will look a lot bigger. I mean, how many times have you been to a pasta restaurant and it's a, in a bowl, and you keep on eating and eating and eating, and it feels like there's loads, when you know for a fact there probably isn't. Um, and here's, a, right, here's another fun psychological thing. And you're going to thank me so much for this. How many times have you been listening to a song on the radio and it's like, yeah, I know that one. Um, and you sing it, but you don't know all the words. And then a few days later, it's like, da -na, da -na, da -na. and you remember tiny little bits and then you can't get that song out of your head, no matter what you do. Here's the secret how to get any song you can't get out of your head, out of your head. And I was speaking to a friend before recording this and he's like, oh, I couldn't get this song outside, out of my head. And then I did this and I didn't even realise it worked. So the best way to get a song that you can't get out of your head is to listen to that song in its entirety from start to finish. The brain does not like incomplete actions. For example, now I hope this gets picked up on the microphone you know when you go and watch the football not that i'm a football fan i hate the thing uh remember that duh, duh. remember this now all of you at the same time probably went where's the last bit and you would have repeated it from the beginning you would have gone and now you can kind of forget about it and we can move on um, if you remember watching an episode of Scrubs years ago, there's a point where they're singing and, uh, I think they're trying to torture someone or something like that over something and they go, oh, I want, now, excuse the singing, I'm just doing this to get a point across. There's a song, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. And they never say ribs. How often have we heard that song? And it's like, just say ribs, please say ribs. It's like, they never say ribs. So next time you can't get a song or something out of your head, watch it in its entirety and it will disappear. You can thank me later. Um, so I'm kind of weaving real life psychology in with magic because we've got misdirection to talk about, which we'll briefly cover, but obviously I can't give too much away. But there is an interesting fact that I learned years ago and I still use it to this day. I can tell you what it is because you don't know when I'm using it, you don't know how I'm using it, but this is it. Our brains can, on, let's start that one again. Our brains can only follow two moves or instructions at the same time. The third is invisible. So, say for example, I'm shuffling a pack, I ask you to choose a card and you take the card and we put the card back in and I go, uh, do you want me to find your card the easy way or the hard way? Or you're watching me shuffle and you're listening to instruction. And so at this point, I could basically bring an elephant in with your card. I'm not going to, <laughs> I don't have an elephant to hand. Um, so, da -da -da. what was that under? Oh, we'll come on to pattern. Well, we kind of just covered in pattern interrupts. That's quite fun. So another pattern interrupt I do, that needs me to kind of get a bit further ahead is say you chose a card like nine of spades i make a card fly out of the pack 
And I show you the card and it's like four diamonds. And you're like, no. And I take the four diamonds and I hand it to you. So you're holding on to it. I want you to put it back into the pack, but hold on to it. And then I snap my fingers. You turn that card over and it's turned into your card. It's a pattern interrupt. The brain's going, I know I'm not holding it. I know I'm not holding it. The second it does, there's that brief second of what just happened. And at that moment, whatever I say is what you're going to believe. Yeah, there we go. Uh, da -da -da. Oh, here's a fun thing. Um, not many of you know this, and I can't go into too many details for various reasons. Oh, hang on. Let me just... There you go. Hang on, wait a minute. My phone's just... There you go. I can now see how long's left. Um, Micro-expressions or negative comments, which we do first. Let's do negative comments. Let's go back to the purple elephant. Um, if I asked you to think of any animal in the world, you can. You, you can think of anything because it's an open question. The second I put a negative on it, like don't think of a purple elephant, the brain does not like negative comments. Most of you probably know this. So if I went, think of a purple elephant, uh, you might go, yeah. Some of you might, but you've got the option yeah, you've got the option to change your mind. The second I go, don't think of a purple elephant, that's all you can think about. No matter how hard you try and fight it, that purple elephant is getting into your head. Now, there's a sentence you don't hear on every podcast. But in everyday life, people don't go, don't think of a purple elephant. No. But how many times have you been to a restaurant and they've put the plate down and they go, don't touch the plate, it's hot. The first thing you do is touch the plate and go, oh, it is. It's like, we know they're not lying to us. It's just come from the kitchen. They're telling us that it's hot. But there's something in our brains that goes, we just need to make sure. Um, whereas if they put the plate down and go, careful, the plate's hot. You have no intention of testing it out. You might do just a little tap, but it goes, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't, there's no, there's no need to test it. It's a, it's a statement. Careful, the plate's hot. Well, then don't touch the plate, it's hot. And we see it in advertising, we see it in everyday life. Um, so if someone tells us not to do something, we're more likely to do it. You see it more in kids than adults, but adults do the same thing. Um, so that's negative comment, cross that off the list. I love crossing things off the list. It makes it look a bit smaller. Um, now, that's, that's what it was, I divulged, something popped into my head, but here we go. Before I did magic for a living, I worked in security, kind of as a rapid response driver for nine and a half years, and then I joined another branch of security. Um, if ever you meet me, I can tell you about it, I can't really talk about it on a podcast. And we got trained in body language. Now, this took months upon months of training and years of kind of going out, testing it and everything like that. And it's fascinating. But the thing I love about it the most, and is it a hindrance? It's a, it's a slight hindrance. And I'll tell you something I started doing recently and why every part of me wants to stop. So we learned about micro expressions. So anytime you're asking someone a question or you meet someone, there are seven micro expressions that the body can give off. Uh, and they are disgust, anger, fear, sadness, 
happiness, surprise, and contempt. And it's like, right. The big question is, how long does a micro-expression last? Uh, most last either 1 15th or 1 25th of a second. So most of you, unless you've been trained in it, will not see them. Um, you might see them but not be aware of them. It's like hand gestures, facial expressions. We give so much away without intending to. So here's a little tip. How can you tell when someone's lying? Now this isn't a guaranteed... This isn't guaranteed. You have to know a few other bits, but it, it does help. If someone's telling a lie, they will tell the lie, and while they're looking away afterwards, they'll look at you. They're looking for that confirmation that it's gone in. Um, you can look up more of them online, so just look up micro-expressions. If you've got Sky or you want a great series to watch, watch Lie to Me, especially season one. It teaches you a tiny bit about them and points them out. So, uh, yeah, well worth checking those out. Uh, I've got a fun little challenge coming up for you in a minute to put you outside your comfort zone a tiny bit. One of them you won't be able to do at the moment because of lockdown and certain things, but I will tell it to you because then you can find out more about it, how it works, why it works, and why you should just do it. But who knows about blind spots? We're told about them when we're driving and everything like that, and then great. That's why you have to mirror signal manoeuvre, but you have to look over your shoulder first. What happens if I told you for four hours a day, or about four hours a day, you can't see anything? And it's not when you're sleeping, it's in day-to-day, -day, like when you're out and about, like wide awake. <clears throat> Sorry, four hours a day, you're basically blind. And this is how, and it's... I haven't tried this out, but it, it should work. We can't see our eyes move. Have you ever looked in the mirror, looked, tried to move your eyes, and you just can't see them move? There is a reason for that. The brain fills in the movement. So we move our eyes, on average, three times a second. And when we look left, right, up, down, we'd almost get motion sickness, or like blurred vision, if it tried to capture everything so it record what you're basically whatever you're oh, let's get this out whatever you're looking at now you're looking at it in the future you're you're a couple of seconds like you, you can't calculate it you're a couple of seconds into the future so when you see something it's going into your eyes you're looking around but it's filling in the gaps. It's fascinating. But what you can do is, if you look in a mirror and video yourself looking around on video, you'll be able to see it. Um, but looking at yourself in the mirror, you will not be able to see it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this uh, little ad. Have you ever wanted free or low-cost travel? Simple. Become a pilot. So I'm going to finish this podcast off in a bit, but I'm going to give you some challenges first. And then I'm going to tell you what I've done this week because it's actually been a really good fun week. And something I've done that feels entirely out of my comfort zone, I'm not really enjoying it and I'll tell you why. But this first, here's a challenge for you. And they're good fun. Next time you go into a shop or out to a restaurant and you need to pay for something, don't use contactless. 
use your chipping pin. And you can watch people's reactions on this and it's, I swear, I do it every now and again, it's the funniest thing in the world. Well, one of the funniest things. Put your card in, when he asks for your pin number, shout out a random four digit number that is not your pin number. So say for example, your pin number is, oh, I don't know, just think of a random four digit number, uh, 1451. As you're keying it in, because you have to make sure that first number's in, shout out, ideally, one of the easiest ways of remembering is just the um, year you were born. So, as you're typing in, just go, 1985. And look around at everyone, and the reactions on people's faces are... <laughs> it's just the best thing in the world. And when we do go back to new or whatever the new normal is like, you have to try this. Trust me, you'll thank me later. We are, as human beings, told when you go in a lift, you walk in, you turn around. So you're all facing the door. This only really works when there's one exit to the lift. I know some of them have doors either side. It doesn't work in there. Walk into the lift, facing everyone, so you ideally have to kind of go in last. The doors will close. You'll be looking at everyone. Everyone will be looking at you. That's the first thing. It's slightly odd. Let's go morning or afternoon, depending on what time of day it is. And just look at people's reactions. It makes them so uncomfortable. But it's such a fun thing to do. Um, if I think of any more before the end, I will tell you. But those are the two main ones. And it makes me laugh every time I do it. So, what have I done this week? Well, I last went to the gym, I think, just before lockdown. And then... Remember everyone in that first week of lockdown or the first month was going out, doing stuff, getting exercise. And then we were allowed that hour a day, which was pretty pathetic. I got reminded of it today. Um, but there's an app out there that I've heard about and everyone seems to be doing it. So it's like, right, let's give it a go. And it's called Couch to 5K. So I am now two days into it and it's really simple. You download the app, you can put music on in the background and it starts off nice and easy so day i think week one is all the same and then it gets a bit harder week by week so it's a five minute brisk walk to start with and then you run for 60 seconds walk for 90 and you repeat it so you end up basically running for eight minutes and it's good fun next week it's a bit harder but i'm getting up earlier i'm enjoying the day more so i get up like every other day go for a run come back meditate write my journal and the days just seem so much better. And on Wednesday, I caught up with a photographer friend of mine. And for those of you that remember, on my vision board, I put a camera. Because the camera I got at the moment is good, but I wanted something slightly better quality and everything. And I was speaking to her, and she was saying, I've just got a new camera. I don't need my old one. Next time we catch up, you can have a go on it. If you want it, it's yours. It's like, cool. So I'm getting something I want without... Yeah, it's on my vision board and it just feels right at the moment. Lots of my vision board is happening. It's kind of, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's just a slightly longer tunnel at the moment. Um, but she's a food photographer. So for those of you that have been going eat out to help out, I've got the next best thing. But <laughs> isn't that really odd? It's just popped into my head, but I'm going to say it. Um, oh, why is it when you're recording something and your brain goes, yeah, I know you need to say it, but forget that. Um, she gets to go to nice restaurants and everything and photograph the food. 
So we went to a place yesterday that does. Oh, it's just. It's, oh. I'll put it on my Instagram story on Friday or Saturday, so it'll be like for 24 hours. So check out my Instagram, search for Magic Man London, and you will see. Um, I won't tag her in, otherwise, you'll all end up messaging her going, when you're next going out for lunch. So basically, this is what happens. We turn up for lunch, and we sit down, we order the food, the food comes, and we can't eat it. Not to start with. So she photographs it all, we do, I say we, she photographs it all, and then we get to eat it afterwards. And it's, oh, this basically had cheese, but not just normal cheese, it's just like we had nachos and everything, but proper nachos, proper cheese, and it's like, ah. Oh. At one point, we even discussed maybe kind of, as a dying wish, not that we want to die yet, we really don't, just kind of having a bath full of cheese. Can you imagine that? You have to kind of see the cheese for it to make sense, but it's, oh, it's just so good. Uh, and then today, I caught up with a friend called Marika Rauscher, who's like an opera singer. We met years ago, um, and we caught up at 12, and we went for a nice lunch and everything. I did a few tricks, we were chatting, we ended up having a few drinks. Um, hence why this one's being recorded late. I think I started recording this about 10. Um, and then write everything up on the whiteboard that I needed. So if it sounds slightly different, we have had a lot of alcohol, but it's like, I need to get that podcast out for Friday. Um, but I digress. And let me make sure there's nothing else I need to talk about before I do this. And we'll, we'll finish. Ah, there was a story in a minute. I'll tell you the story and it's linked to psychology, which is why it's coming this week. For those of you that know me, you know how much I hate online dating. I really do. I almost hate it with a vengeance. Because I've been trained in body language and everything, I'm a people person. I like meeting people. So to go for something like Tinder, where it's just a swipe left or swipe right, or Hinge or something like that, one of the free ones, I refuse to pay for it, because it's like, oh, once all this is over, I want to go out and meet people, which brings me on to a interesting topic in a minute because um, I get asked this all the time is it just me or does online dating just feel really odd it's, it's almost like a pick and mix and, I, and I've got certain guidelines that I want to hit uh, number one that is like, nothing will change this if you're a smoker game over we're not even saying hi uh, and I don't really want anyone with kids I want kids of my own anyway um, that's enough about that and so just looking, you're trying to judge people by what they're either writing online or a photo. And every day I open up the app, I've been doing it like I think a week now. Every day I go, why am I doing this? Just delete it. And I don't know. I don't agree with it. What are your views on online dating? Please let me know. Please tell me I'm not the only one that thinks it's totally wrong in this day and age. We spend so much time on our phones and everything. What happens is this saying to someone, do you fancy getting a drink? Seriously, we, we need to do it more. Um, but the girl, Marika I was speaking to earlier does events, and I do events, obviously. And it's like, everyone goes, we well, must meet hundreds of people, thousands of people at events. It's like, yeah. When we meet people at events, we are there to work, first and foremost. We're not there to ask somebody out. We can get... And then you go into a slightly different, this is where a bit of a challenge comes in, Say you do like them and you can't tell them at an event, that's not what you're there for, you're there to entertain. And you give them a business card, well that's their business. 
and you can't follow them, it gets a bit awkward really quickly. So, uh, yeah, watch this space. If, <laughs> if you know anyone who likes magic and is single, <laughs> let me know. Um, get them to drop me a message on Instagram. Why not? What's the word? There's no harm in asking. So, um, we now go on to the magic story. And I had so many to choose from. I've got a big list, and each week I choose one off the list. And I knew which one I was going to go for. And then something happened on the train yesterday that I will... It puts a smile on my face, even though it happened yesterday. So, I got on the train, and the trains are fairly quiet at the moment for obvious reasons. And on the new trains, there's seats on the left and right-hand side that kind of... It's almost like a, you get like six or eight seats next to each other and then you get the seats um like little boxes so you've got two seats either side and you know the ones i mean so i get on the train and there's no one that looks like they want to see any magic everyone's wearing masks obviously it's like okay and then a chap gets on at the next stop and uh i'm doing the shuffling and everything and i can see he's paying attention and i can see he's, he doesn't want to see anything he's not paying that much attention but he's kind of wanting what i'm doing and he's sitting on one half of the train in a four seat with no one around him and I'm doing the same. And uh, for those of you that know I do this, you'll find this even funnier. So I said, have you heard about the new technology they've put in the seat, in the seats to stop people sitting opposite each other? He's like, no, I should right. Say I push the seat next to me, kind of diagonally, nothing happens. But if I push the seat, in front of me, so if someone was sitting there with face to face, if I push it, it like squeaks. Um, he's like, What do you mean it squeaks? It's like, makes a squeaking sound. So I push the chair and it squeaks. He's like, How does that work? I said, It knows that someone, all the chairs have sensors in. When someone's sitting in one chair, this it tells the seat opposite that no one can sit there. So when they sit down, it squeaks, they get up. And uh, like, cool. And you can see he's on the verge of believing it, so I need to kind of cement it in. I really wanted him to try it. He didn't, which was a bit annoying. I think I was getting off or something, so I didn't have time. One more stop, that's the question. Would he have done it? And, uh, yeah, I said, but it doesn't do it on the back. I said, if you push on the back, nothing happens. So you push on the back, I said, just in case like, someone knocks it, but when you sit down, it squeaks. And I got off the train, kind of put a smile on my face. And then... Uh, if you remember, I think it was one of the early podcasts, I can't remember which one it was, probably episode one or two. I talk about the time I did magic for somebody in the park. Um, and I said, it was with the white sick. I said, I'm not a doctor. She gets home and explains to her husband, this is what happened. It's going to sound really bizarre. So I've now got this image of the man either going to work or going home in the evening. It's like, how was your day? It's like, really good, slightly strange. Have you heard about the new technology on the train? new technology well it knows there's someone sitting opposite you and when you try and sit down it squeaks and he didn't video it so if ever you see me out and about and that does happen video it otherwise people will think you're crazy <laughs> i will leave you on that um because i don't think we're going to beat that story and it's now 11 o'clock at night and i need to write the description for this and other bits so thank you so much for listening hope you've enjoyed it if you've got any questions, either send them to me over the podcast on Instagram is probably the best way. And I will see you next week for episode 14. Look after yourself. Take care.
Bye. Magic Talks. Magic Man London.